Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Drs. Andrea Dennis and Eva Saranovich take your pet health questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or start WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon and welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis. And I'm Dr. Eva Saranovich. We're from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And on Saturdays, we alternate with Lori Fass, who is the pet trainer, um, to answer your questions, to be able to have a chance, an opportunity and a chance to speak with you about your pets, their health, their well-being. Uh, we like to primarily concentrate on medicine if we can. Uh, sometimes some of the behavior aspects of uh, their their lives come into being just symptoms of medical uh, conditions. So we are happy to go into that realm in terms of questions as well. But we are open to anything. And that's why we love having you call in at 860-522-9842 or 1-800-9. 9669842 even though this is a show that lasts about an hour we always recommend if you can call in a little bit earlier this way we can guarantee we will get you on the air and we will answer your question it looks like um, a sort of old-timers week here today. It's, it's true. <laughs> we walked in, and Garden Talk had a full house. Full house of, of, of old-timers. <laughs> yes. Not that they're old. They've just been here for on the show before. Right, and we were reminiscing how many exactly. years we've all been doing this, but we enjoy being here. And Mike is one of our, I guess, he's not a rookie anymore, but nope. our producer Mike, has been. he's been around for a while, but... Um, you know, it's just been a pleasure and an honor to be here on the air and to share our knowledge with you. And what we try to do is point you in the right direction about seeking help and about your pets. We uh, never uh, claim 
to uh, diagnose over the phone or diagnose over the air, but we can tell you if the, you know this is definitely something that you should um, see your veterinarian for at times and other things, the right questions to ask because your pets can't do that. And we also try to um, make sure your pets stay, stay safe. Right. We're all about prevention. And one of my... I guess it's not my, it's one of my favorite holidays, but yet I don't do a lot for it. It's just, um, one, it's my, my husband's birthday. True. <laughs> so. so it should be your favorite holiday. <laughs> okay, okay. And you should do a lot. For, oh, I'm sorry. I won't go there. <laughs> no, he, <laughs> yes. no, he's very low key about his birthday, but February 14th and Valentine's mm. day. And, um, I have, um, a, an adult son now, so he's, it's not as big a deal with school anymore, but you still, yours, your son is still in school. Gonna have to get the Valentine's together. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But you know, Valentine's Day is a day that should be fun for humans and it can be fun for pets as long as we keep dangerous items out of their reach. And and we're going to just mention some of like the top five or six things that we know that pets get into every year. We get um, more calls than usual about these items. We know that poison control, they see a rise in cases around this time. And it usually does begin around February 1st. Mm-hmm. People start buying things. And um, you're going to start us off with one of the things that we really want people to be careful with. As far as all the flowers that we want to get for Valentine's Day, yeah. um, some of them can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, lilies are very toxic to cats. Uh, all parts of the, the lily can cause uh, kidney failure. Um, things There are other plants that can be toxic, but the other thing to remember is we get a lot of roses. And if they ingest the thorns, mm. that can cause major problems. You yeah. can get puncture wounds in the mouth. You can get puncture wounds elsewhere if they're holding on to the thorn you can if you swallow it, it's going to cause gastrointestinal upset so it's a good idea to a put the flowers where they can't reach them mm-hmm. and b look and make sure if there's nothing toxic in there and there's actually the aspca poison control if you go online you can actually find their poisonous plant charts and you can look things up that are in the bouquet but it's important to be careful with that yeah and um the the obvious and the most common uh problem that we associate uh, with February 14th is chocolate. And we have spoken time and time again here um, about chocolate being very um, dangerous to dogs in particular. Uh, cats, we don't see as much of a problem, but you know, it's a, it's a stimulant. It's got caffeine in it and it affects their GI tract and it affects them neurologically, even their heart. And if you suspect that your dog has gotten into any chocolate, you need to call your veterinarian. We um, we calculate what's dangerous based on what type of chocolate it is and how much your dog weighs. So, and so if one of the worst chocolates we know is that Baker's chocolate. So, <laughs> again, we've we've joked on this show. We don't have baker's chocolate in our house because we don't bake, but it is really very concentrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so those of you that do, just be very careful not to allow your dog to get even to into the smallest amount if possible. And dark chocolate is more dangerous than milk chocolate. So, and then white chocolate has very little amount of the um, of the substance that really causes a problem. And if you kind of suspect they may have gotten into some chocolate, not only call your veterinarian. But if you see any vomiting or diarrhea or they seem hyperactive, uh, then you have a little high suspicion that they that they need to be treated. But the other issue is that it generally has high fat content 
and that can lead to inflammation of the pancreas or what we call pancreatitis. So there's many reasons to keep your pets away from the chocolate. And the other thing is if they do get into it and it's off hours and you're just not sure, remember the uh, poison control number that you can call, which is 888-426-4435, and they can help you out. There is a fee for it, but boys, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. It is. And, and when you do call in, they give you a, um, a number that's associated with that case report. Mm-hmm. And I had one recently, um, a little, little dog that ate a small ibuprofen and it was very dangerous for him. And I could, we could call as many times with the, the experts for days right. on, on that case report. So one time fee, but it's very, very helpful. And they work with your veterinarian. So, um, then of course, <laughs> one of the things that we like to be be careful with ourselves. Yes, you've got to be careful with cocktails. If you're celebrating with uh, champagne or some wine or some pretty martinis for the holiday, pretty pink martinis, I guess you would do, right? Yes. Um, just remember that uh, animals are smaller than we are, mm-hmm. um, so a, a little lick or two can be a problem. Um, mm-hmm. So make sure you keep that out of the way because we don't... I mean, they can cause vomiting and diarrhea. They can cause depression, um, central nervous system depression, some trouble breathing. I mean, there's if they really get into it, it can be a problem. So make sure you keep those away from them. And some people like treats. They may be diabetic um, and cannot have, they need sugar-free treats. And they are sometimes sweetened with a product that called xylitol. And there aren't many words that begin with X. So when you, you really want to read your packaging on things that are potentially um, sugar-free. And even if you're not sure if it's sugar-free, still always look at the t- um, at the uh, ingredients. And that word is xylitol, X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. And we see it commonly in um, sugarless gum, candy. We're now seeing it um, in sugarless um, peanut butter quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and a lot of people use peanut butter as a treat for their pets they put them in their kongs or their toys and we want to stay away from that that it is really dangerous it can cause a very sudden drop in their blood sugar what we call hypoglycemia and it can lead to depression and seizures so please please stay away from that Um, we also see it in toothpaste believe it or not in human toothpaste and that's why even though we recommend brushing your dog's teeth and your cat's teeth Please stay away from human toothpaste to do that. It's it's very important. So no xylitol. Mm-hmm. The other thing to watch out for is uh, there lots. Of, there's often candlelight for Valentine's Day, so you need to be careful. Um, not only can they hurt themselves and burn themselves with the candles, they can knock them over and set the house on fire. So mm-hmm. you've got to be very safe with that and never leave them unattended around burning candles. Right. Uh, we've seen little. If tails get burnt cat, off and things cat like whiskers that. yes get singed mm-hmm. and finally if you are wrapping gifts and you're trying to make things pretty with ribbons be uh, careful not to leave that around after you do wrap things even balloons just uh, the strings that are attached to the balloons that may fall to the ground after you know a balloon has deflated over time these little stringy things uh, pets are attracted to they seem fun to chew because they can break them apart but they can get lodged in our pets' throats and their digestive tract. And, and we've even had some cats and dogs that actually have had to had surgery to remove right. those pieces. So we want you to have fun with your uh, Valentine's Day, and, but at the same time, please, please uh, keep your pets safe at the same time. All right? Okay, so we're going to allow um, open those phone lines again, and we have um, Helen that has been uh, very patiently waiting and Helen, um, how are you today? 
Do I have you, Helen? Yes. Okay, yes, there sir. you are. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd catch you. Right. How's things going? <clears throat> oh, um, fine. Everything's fine so far. Okay. Um, I have an eight-pound Maltese. Um, last April, she went for her shots. Uh, distemper, parvo, hepatitis, and Lyme. Mm-hmm. The next day, she rebounded from the shots, made her spinal fluid swell up. Uh, as the Maltese are inbred dogs, the uh, cerebellum was hanging out of her cranium, pressing on the spinal fluid, and I was in hell for a month uh, with a dog screaming in pain. It's like a sciatica of the neck. Oh, my goodness. And we had to have MRIs and $4,000 MRIs and Lord knows what else. But my concern now, now that we're out of it after five different medications every four hours for mm-hmm. uh, over a month, yeah. uh, my concern is I don't want to get any more shots for this dog. I know. I don't Go blame for you. Rabies. Mm-hmm. And the other problem is um, to have her teeth cleaned. Uh, she's really not a candidate for anesthesia anymore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you know that this is very unusual and that that what happened. How old was your Maltese when this first happened? She's nine. She's nine years old. Um, and so did she go to, was she, work, did a neurologist work with her? Did she have a specialist that was on her case? Dr. Perkins, uh, Piper Memorial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Her life. Yeah, she's, she's, she is a neurologist, neurosurgeon, yeah. and uh, she does amazing, amazing job. So... <laughs> I, you know, I think, um, and I'm sure you're starting to have the, the dialogue with your veterinarian about this because we cannot blame you for being nervous about giving any vaccine. If this is, you know, this, it's been determined that this was vaccine related. Is that what they're saying for sure? Oh, yeah. It's called a rebound. Okay. It happened the day right after she'd had uh, the shots. Okay. Um, I you know, and but what we run a problem is with, um, and again, we would only recommend you have this, you know, conversation with your veterinarian, maybe even bring Dr. Perkins, bring someone that's involved in the, her, her past um, treatment to have this discussion. Our problem with saying, don't, you can't give it to her or you're okay not giving it with a rabies vaccine, it's state law. So what we have had to do with cases not something like this specifically where where we felt there was a dog that the health benefit or was just not worth it there was just too much risk involved in giving a even a rabies vaccine now it's very rare when we we feel that way but we have to go through the state veterinarian and it has to be documentation from the state veterinarian and it's it's a tough process to go through um because if for some reason and it's not that it can't be, be done, Helen, but I would just want you to get started on it sooner rather than later. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, leery about giving her any shots at all. Because, Understood. Uh, she's an indoor dog. She goes out, out of a doggy door, does her business, and comes in. She's not exposed to anything rabid like a raccoon or a skunk or anything. She's really right. not exposed to a rabies uh, bearing animal. Right. Well, that's where they do get, um, and that's another thing that goes into the paperwork that we send into the state veterinarian. We speak to her over the phone, um, but your veterinarian will help you go through those steps. Now, if you say, well, listen, I'm just not going to tell anybody, and I'm just going to keep it to myself, then that is your your right. But legally, you know, because, because rabies is a disease that people can get, and it's 
really pretty much anyone that catches rabies, it's fatal. I'm just telling you what the law is, Helen, and how you can work with it. And I and the state veterinarian is very, very. Um, she she makes sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, but she's not going to force. Uh, we're not going to force a situation that's going to put your baby at risk. No. Okay. <clears throat> because what it's I think a lot of people don't realize that these inoculations all at once are maybe too much for an eight pound dog. Well, I think we're, we you know we have different um, theories on that. Like we gen- generally do space the vaccines out. Um, um, you know, with, with not just small dogs, but sometimes with larger dogs, I will say that it's um, this is very unusual. If this is indeed what what happened, indeed what 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 caused it, I, I have not personally seen this, and I've been practicing for decades. Wow! Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, I mean that's how rare what you're describing um, yeah. has. Because I don't want to frighten people about vaccinations because, again, they save lives. We're going to talk about leptospirosis in the next few weeks. Um, lepto is something that we generally, um, it can cause severe liver failure. So um, I, I, in terms of what you legally have to do, we're going to guide you that way. But let's you shouldn't start having that conversation right. with your veterinarian uh, about this, okay? So they can guide you completely the right way, and they know your the past. So. We understand, but we'll. But your veterinarian will listen. Okay. okay? Thank you so <laughs> much, Helen. Thank you very much, and you girls. Thank you for helping me. Sure. And um, I just let people know that some of these dogs that are inbred have these uh, basic problems, like the small craniums and things like that. Right. Thank you. Um, Th- and, yes. Uh, people ought to be aware when they get a small dog that this is a problem. Well, I appreciate your thoughts. Thank okay. you very much. Thank okay. You very much. Yeah. Have a great day. You too. God bless. Bye bye now. All right, we're going to go right to a break, and then we're going to address some of those um, some of those um, top issues that we were talking about here, and kind of we don't want there to be any confusion out there about vaccines. We'll be right back uh, with more pet talk on WTIC News Talk. Welcome back. It is our Valentine's talk show. It's Pet Talk. We're the veterinarians from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, along with Dr. Eva Saranovich. And if you need to get in touch with us or have a question that just doesn't get um, handled here on the air, uh, we have um, a website that you can go to with lots of information, um, both about chocolate and about what hap- how do you Try to get your pet to, to vomit if they did get into some chocolate. Just go to Bloomfield Animal Hospital CT.com. That's Bloomfield Animal Hospital CT.com. You can contact us through our um, website. And but we're here on Saturdays as well where you can call in and, and talk to us. And we have um, you know, the Helen was talking about um a a, a potential um worry about not vaccinating her dog um, for rabies because she's concerned about any risk that it may lead because she has a very small um, dog, eight pound Maltese. And, you know, we were just saying that rabies for cats and dogs, it's a legal 
uh, it's a legality. And, and that's because, again, even if the cats don't go outside, they are mainly indoor cats, it's still something that's required by law. But your veterinarian can go through a whole appeal process and, and work with the state veterinarian. Yeah, and it, I think the important part with that, too, is, um, you know, and, and again, you need to, you don't want to give rabies if it's going to endanger the animal. But an important thing to keep in mind is that regardless of how little an animal is outside, there is still a risk there. Um, you can get a bat in the house. Uh, we've had those cases. Yeah, we um, have. I actually had a Maltese that lived in Hartford that the only place it went outside was a screen porch, and a rabid raccoon broke through the screen and attacked that dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, again, if it's going to endanger the health of your animal, and we don't know the particulars about exactly what happened to this dog, we don't right. know um, what caused um, his neurologic, his or her neurologic signs. Um, but I think I don't want people to be frightened of getting a vaccine. That is a, it's a human, it's a human, it's a hazard to your animal rabies. Right. And right. if a person contracts rabies, there are no treatments for rabies, right. um, and and it, they, it will kill you. Right. So. These are conversations you need to have with your veterinarian about your particular case and what's right. And I think veterinarians, as as a group, we, we're not just saying every dog needs every vaccine or right. every cat needs every vaccine. It depends on their lifestyle. We're making a recommendation. We normally don't necessarily vaccinate someone that has um, leptos with leptospirosis that's very tiny. We don't vaccinate dogs that are um, not, not healthy enough. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to... Um, Come back with another half hour of show, but we have to go to news. So you're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. I found a love for me. Darling, just dive right in. Follow my lead. I found a girl. You. Can't you just see a big red heart just kind of pumping for Valentine's Day? We we have a few love songs on on track here for uh, bringing us back from the news. You're listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis and Dr. Eva Saranovich, and we are here primarily every two weeks to take your calls and, and answer your questions. I think sometimes we um, we don't always think about how people, when they go home and they have this maybe two or three medications and can't necessarily remember what was said, you know, how they digest the information that we give um, during the visit can sometimes be um, – baffling for us because we we know it's we live it every day Mm -hmm. and we try to break things down as easily we write lots of things down um, when people come in so that they have it obviously all medications um, prescriptions have a label on it but even with a label we have seen many times where people Mm -hmm. misread the label oh i thought you said a whole tablet well no the label says a half a tablet so you know again read those labels and we um also were talking about some other things that you can do to make your veterinary visits uh better for everyone Mm -hmm. and let me just throw out the phone numbers because we do have some open phone lines that you can call in now be a great time for you to call and that's 860-522-9842 or 1-800-966- 
1-800-227-9842. And we will get you on the air and, and talk to you about your pets. But um, you, you've had found something that really kind of summarizes how a visit can go so much better for the owner, the pets, and right. even the veterinarian staff. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the first part of getting your animal to the veterinary hospital is the car ride. Mm-hmm. So making car rides better um, and getting animals used to getting cats used to cat carriers, leaving the cat carrier out, putting, you know, things in it to make it attractive to them. Um, some cats, you if they're awful when they go to the veterinary hospital and the car ride's terribly stressful, talk to your veterinarian about medications you can use. Mm-hmm. Getting dogs used to the car so that's not a... You don't want the very first start to the animal hospital be so stressful and unhappy for everybody. Right. So if you're having a tough time, call your veterinarian and ask for some tips on what do I do. Right. And when you're talking about making that first couple of visits very mm-hmm. easy going, um, puppies are, and kittens are usually great about this. But when we have a, a new dog that may be, you know, moving into the state, maybe three or four years old, and people say, well, can you trim their nails while they're here? Mm-hmm. And if that's their first visit and they hate having their nails right. trimmed, we will usually say, let them just get used to us. Let them just right. know where the treat jar is. Let them know before we, you know, maybe do something that we know is going to cause us stress Exactly. For them. Um, and and you're and speaking of that, with if your veterinarian doesn't already have the pet's medical records on file, uh, then and again, if you're just sort of moving into state or you have a previous veterinary team you, that needs to send or fax the records ahead of time, I cannot tell you how helpful that is. If we have thirty. Um, pages of records, but and we have to kind of read them right when the owner walks right. in the door. We really do read them uh, several days ahead of time. We'll sort of make a an outline of questions that we have. So that's really very helpful yep. for your next um, veterinary team. And then if you don't have the records for whatever reason, at very minimum, bringing in receipts and some of your own notes about mm-hmm. what happened in, in your, past, your pet's past health, um, that would be really helpful for your next visit. Try to arrive on timer early. (laughs) You'll be less stressed. It'll go smoother. We'll have more time for you. Yes, it will. And since I'm chronically late person, I think it's funny that I am saying this, but but it does, Mike. Personally, since I'm chronically late, I know how much better it is when you arrive on timer early. So I'm much less stressed then. It'll be a better visit. It is. And we have, like, people will sit in the parlor. (laughs) Coming in early is is really very Mm -hmm. good. And, um, And then the thing is, if you are chronically late, we we know that. We yes, keep, we do. We keep track of it. So we will tell people to come in at 1015. But yes. But we knowing that their appointment really is 1030. Somebody probably does that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. Because we're like, I mean, we keep all those little notes, little mm-hmm. asterisks, you know, chronically late or even the ones that come chronically early. Yes. You know, we have some great patients and clients and they're early and we're like, okay. So we do help plan. All right. Unless your children are perfectly well behaved and you have more than four, I would say, you know, if you can, sometimes bringing the dog, a cat, um, two dogs and three or four children, if they're not going to be well behaved in the um, during the visit, then maybe it's best to have a um, babysitter. Yeah, because it can and it can be tough for kids. I mean, if we're if it's taking uh, half an hour to do all the work and talk and talk some serious conversations about your animal and what's going on with them, it, it's it can be really tough for kids to sit still that long. That's right. not easy. 
And we love children. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we everyone at the office has, has children, and um, we have toys for them. We have, like, little uh, veterinary kits for mm-hmm. them. But sometimes you can just tell the owner can't concentrate. Right. And then you're in a facility that has other animals around it. So where else are you going to bring children that you can't monitor when there's other other right. pets around? So just be keep that in mind. Um Again, we love kids, and and it's it's and if they it's for their safety, and if they have to come, we're like as you said, we're prepared. We are ready. <laughs> Believe it. Turn your cell phone off mm-hmm. in the in the examining room. Mm-hmm. If if we're talking to you, we appreciate cell phones being off. We yes. really do. I mean, in between, if you need to entertain yourself because we need to perform some treatments on your animal, you go right ahead. Mm-hmm. But please don't talk on your cell phone when I'm trying to talk to you. Please, that would be helpful. It's also important, know what medications your pet is receiving, and even supplements. Um, as If you can kind of keep a, a running um, list of those things when you come in, because sometimes people don't remember the names of what they have. We try to have certain things on record, but I cannot, uh, again, stress enough that we don't know everything we, some, we know that sometimes people are giving things over the counter. We know sometimes they're giving supplements. Um, I most recently had one that had um, uh, their liver enzymes went up on the blood test all of a sudden. And it turns out they were giving CBD products and not telling me about it. And until I brought up the liver enzyme being up, then they said, well, could it be the, the products that we're using? Right. So, you know, supplements... Even though they're not FDA regulated, they're important in the scheme of things and in, in as far as your pet's history is concerned for, for us as veterinarians. So let us know. And when you write that list of medications that you're going to bring with you, write down the food you're feeding them to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because it, it's... That's a good point and, and on the it's, food. And we all do this. You know, you sit down and somebody asks you suddenly what you're feeding. And although you know <laughs> and you go to the store... Every month and buy it, suddenly you can't remember just because you're being put on the spot. Right. And we get a lot of food questions, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're right, exactly right with that. Uh, write down before you come in mm-hmm. every observation and concern you have so you don't forget. Because we are happy to answer. That's what we're there for. Mm-hmm. We're there to address your concerns. We're there mm-hmm. to answer your questions. So if you, and I know that sometimes I'll go to the doctors for myself and I leave and I'll go, oh, why didn't I write that down? I forgot to ask. Right. Write it down. It just bring it in and we can go through everything. Lists, lists are wonderful to go through. They are. And we have many times where when there's a uh, couple, um, one if one person is at home and can't come in, they will often write right. a list. And that's really quite beneficial. And then we'll just answer each question right. so that there's good communication. Because your observations, because your pets can't talk to you, I know this is obvious, but your observations are like us asking, you know, your dog, does they have a headache? You know, that tells mm-hmm. us so much information. Um, and also ask us questions. You know, we um, are happy to be um, as explicit about certain things. We can be, if it's over your head, we'll just say, okay, no, that's not enough. We'll show you things. And we'll have, mm-hmm. I'll have somebody like I had a horrible thing today and I, I took a picture of it. She didn't want to see it. She didn't want to see what I was seeing. And, right. and I said, okay, well, but we have a picture because I'm going to monitor if it's getting worse or better. And if you get home and you remember a question, call us. Okay. That's a good point. Um, the other thing is if you want more information about what we've told you about, ask us. We can get you brochures. We can guide you. We can get you some literature on it so that we, because we'd like to know that where we're sending you online to mm-hmm. look at this is an accurate place. So you're not getting misinformation. So ask us for more information. We're happy to do that. Well, I think those are good tips, mm-hmm. you know, make it nice and easy. And 
The last big one before we go to our quick break. The red, please don't bring a retractable leash. Please, I just read an article recently about. Oh, well, first of all, we we've all, always discussed the animals not under control because if this if if you don't have it hooked properly or, or if the little clip mm-hmm. little thing breaks because they do and right. now they're loose. They're essentially they're loose. Yes. But the injuries, the number of injuries people get from retractable leashes, breaking fingers, mm-hmm. having the leashes break off and getting hit in the eye. I mean, there's mm-hmm. it's so. Please don't use a retractable leash. Yeah, if and if they want to use it, I mean, we prefer uh, not to use it. But you know, if we're not saying that, you know, I'm not never tell people what they absolutely can't do, but it's not safe. And bring them to the animal hospital, you really don't have control. Um, so that's what we're asking. Can you just use a nice six inch, six foot, you know, lead and bring them in that way? We used to have a client who unfortunately has since passed, but she would come in every time for her visit and say to me, you know I listen to you on the radio. You see, I am not using my retractable leash. <laughs> every, she'd come in with her little Amy and say that to me every single time. She was as cute as a button, mm-hmm. too. All right, we're going to have about 15 minutes left after we take this break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Listening to the last 10 minutes here of Pet Talk, where Dr. Andrea Dennis and Dr. Eva Saranovich were from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And we end Saturdays, every other Saturday, we do alternate and we um, take your phone calls. And Kelly, you have some sad news for us, and hopefully we can help you with this. Uh, We're very sorry to hear about the loss. You had a lab? Yes, a 12 year old lab. Mm -hmm. And um, she was fine, you know, she didn't have any health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day she came, she woke up at, and she was fine. She was her usual self. And three hours later, she got up again and she like kept staring like she didn't know where she was. Mm. And, um, she went outside to go to the bathroom. She came in and she just collapsed and then oh. she was having trouble breathing and she let out a few yelps and she just oh. died. I am so sorry, Kelly. And, and I know I, you know, I, did the veterinarian have any, um, idea well, we didn't really talk to him. We didn't okay. really get to see him after we okay. we we were going to bring we were supposed to be bringing him to the, bringing her to the vet, but um, we never got there. Um, we did bring her later to have them, you know, um, cremate her, but right. we didn't get to talk to the vet. And um, yeah. I've been wanting to call him, but I just I know. Start, you yeah. start talking about it and you just start crying. So. I know. Sometimes it's easier talking to strangers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and you know, and we and we have a couple of thoughts. I mean, we would never even pretend that we could diagnose what happened, but we do see, you know, twelve year Labrador retrievers that at that age that will pass and some of the things we see we can address, but I mean one of the things I think of when it's something that they seemed fine mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden and this happens so suddenly, and kind of when you're talking about that staring off into space, sometimes you can have tumors in the abdomen that will bleed, yeah. and they'll bleed mm-hmm. very suddenly, mm-hmm. um, and and there's not a lot you can do at that point. They just suddenly bleed into their abdomen, and they get very weak. 
so that you kind of, this actually happened to one of my dogs and she had been fine and she stood up and looked at me and I noticed that she kind of rocked back and forth a little bit and then when yeah. I lifted up her gum, she was totally white and she had been, before she, she was sleeping next to me in the living room, before that happened, she was completely normal. Yeah. Um, so something like that can be that sudden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of present the way you're saying. Um, and they'll breathe faster because right. they don't have, um, when you're, when you have that little blood circulating, you can't. You're not getting enough oxygen, so they'll breathe faster when that happens too. So that's that's one of my thoughts. Right, yeah. and and generally, if that's the case, if it is the spleen that has a tumor that's bleeding, it, it's um, it there's really, it's rare that we can save them. You know, yeah. in terms of I don't want you to feel guilty with when one passes like that. That oh geez, if I had seen something sooner know, or noticed something two days yeah. before and brought her in. Um, generally it's, you know, it's even when people do bring them to us, we x-ray them and we can see there's an abdomen, you know, that has quite a bit of f- fluid or blood in it. And, you know, we, you know, there's, and if it is um, a tumor, a lot of times they're, they're cancerous. So even if you remove the spleen, you don't necessarily uh, allow for more time. And I also don't think of it as necessarily painful no, um, because no. it's more that we, you get weak it's, right. it's not yeah. that that's you what it was, I seem like she just like like her urine started wobbling yeah, yeah. that's like it yeah that's yeah. that's probably the most common thing that comes to the top of my head yeah because yeah, when I talked to the breeder that she said too she said she might have had a tumor that just you know mm-hmm. but we weren't aware of her having any tumors but right, right. And, and lots of times that's that is the first indication it, it, it's not that uncommon that the first indication is that they bleed. Right, huh. right. Mm. And we'll have it, um, and another history sometimes is like, though, then when when we do see um, a patient like this, then sometimes maybe three weeks earlier, they seem like they were a little bit off for a day, but then they rebound it like nothing happened. And sometimes they'll have a little bit of a slow bleed, and then it will heal or seal itself. And then they're fine for several weeks or months, and then they'll bleed again. Uh, but they're still, you know, you can obviously tell from your voice, you loved her, you I loved know. her very well um, and deeply. And the losses, there's just Hard. too many emotions that go along with this grief that I don't want you, we don't want you to add guilt to it because you obviously yeah. took good care of her. I wonder, like, was there something we missed? You know, no, I, 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 honestly. We've just lost lost another one six months ago, but oh. he was 13 and he had really his hips are really going and stuff and oh i'm sorry um, so between the two of them it's oh like, it's awful i'm like so sorry like the house is so empty oh but yeah then you say oh do we, you know i'm not ready to get another dog and go through that no <laughs> down the road you know? but you can't yeah you can't sit there and ask ask that you know you can't do that that again these things often the very first sign we see is that they've bled into their stomach yeah. into their abdomen badly and 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 right. And people lose them. That is, that is not an uncommon history at all. And right. there's nothing that you are going to do to make that different. Right, and well, makes me feel better, I guess. <laughs> that we can't take the pain away, but we can no. take the. Um, you know, we don't want you to beat yourself up, but we can take that away because that's yeah. that's not on you. Yeah, it's not on you, Kelly. But we hope at some point that you will open open up your heart again. We will. Okay. Will. <laughs> okay. House is not a home without the dog. It isn't. We completely understand, <laughs> Kelly. Well. 
you know, we're thinking about you and good luck with everything. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. You're thank welcome. You. Okay. I don't know if we helped, but, um, Oh, that's hard. That would be the first thing that comes to, to mind in yeah. terms of what would happen. Yeah. Um, and you, know, when she talks about, I remember when I had my, my two cats and we had one cat that we knew had kidney failure oh, and she was yeah. arthritic and we were always worried about her. Right. And then the young little cat, you know, no, no problem. And then all of a sudden the young cat got sick. I remember that, you know, and it's like, boom, you know, you just don't, um, and we all know we, we do our best. We do our best taking care of our pets. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're going to, um, if we can, we just have a few minutes left. I think um, we're going to switch. We have, we did have some things in the, the news about, um, that we wanted to share with people too. Yeah, it's a little happier yeah. things. One of them is actually about a 12-week-old yellow Labrador Retriever puppy named Spike. Mm-hmm. Spike has joined Atlanta, Atlanta United, which is their major league soccer team, to uh, become, basically, they're puppy training. Mm-hmm. They're going to have him as a mascot, and right. they're going to socialize him like crazy because he is from America Vets, America's Vet Dogs, which is an association that um, will train them to benefit veterans in you know PTSD and anxiety oh, and, nice. and as assistance dogs. So they named uh, they named the dog Spike and they are training it and they are going to teach him tricks and tasks and train him and get him well socialized so he'll be ready he'll be ready to help somebody. So that's really nice. And they're hoping that other teams will do the same thing and and basically help champion the cause because these dogs are expensive to train and raise oh. and they are needed and there's, you know, they need them badly. And so they're hoping that other teams will help take this on too. Yeah. And if you, um, can I just sort of piggyback on that, that we have, um, when you, that would be more of a, a service trained dog. Correct. Correct. And, and we've had a couple of people and including some of the news media call us about the hearing that the U.S. Department of Transportation was thinking about changing some rules on the airlines. And we'd want to make it very, it's like they've got a 60 day posting period and they're trying to make a ruling on com- what comfort animals. Right. These are, these are not comfort animals. Right. These are service dogs. Right. So I think we have to make that distinction mm-hmm. to make sure that these service dogs are trained or service pets are, are only dogs and they're trained for a certain mission. Right. The, uh, the, the group that does this says it costs them about $50,000 right. to completely train these dogs and make them ready to be a service dog. Right. It's, right. So, so, but if you have a comfort dog or a comfort pet, then you want to go online and look at what they're exactly about doing. Then there is a brewery in Bradenton, Florida called Motorworks Brewing, mm-hmm. and they have teamed up with some uh, a shelter, mm-hmm. and on their cans, they put pictures of dogs that need homes, and they've already adopted some dogs out that way. People, it says on there where to contact, and here's the dog. It is the cutest thing in the world. Um, actually, there's a whole <laughs> row great. of these that all look like little pit bulls that need homes. That's and so fabulous. It's think that's such a cool way of doing it. People are doing so many great things with their pets, and I'm, I'll probably watch the Super Bowl game tomorrow. Um, but, and, but, you know, I mainly watch for the commercials and halftime, uh, but also, you know, and I always wait for the Budweiser commercials with yes. the horses and the puppy. Uh, but you know, this year there is a, um, a new commercial type type that we, we haven't seen before. And it's from a grateful, um, individual that, um, his dog was saved, um, by a veterinary school and oncology department. And so he's posting a $6 million commercial to just talk about veterinary medicine and the great things that people are doing exactly it's going to be very it's going to be wonderful so on that upbeat note we're going to say goodbye we'll see you next time with more pet talk